amen. Glory to God. How do you follow up after that? Man, praise God. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And you know, when we started Compass Church, I, I promised you guys I was going to be obedient and be spirit-led. And that's all that is. That's the Spirit of, of God led for us to do that, led for us to pray for Kathy's grandson. And you know what? If it does change the order of service a little bit, that's okay. Because you know what? It's mo- obedience is, to God is more important than anything. Because see, had we chose just to follow our usual every, root, every, day, every Sunday routine, then somebody wouldn't have got prayer that they needed went by coming here. Amen? So glory to God. It was fantastic. Fantastic. And I guess we, talk, we talked a little bit about uh, next week. We got a good holiday coming up on the 4th of July. Come on. Let me hear everybody say freedom. Freedom. Uh, I think you can do better than that. Freedom. Freedom. One more time. Freedom. Freedom. That's right. I love it when y'all are excited. Man, that's fantastic. You know what? We've got to learn to have that excitement when we come to church. You know, we've got two great things coming up. Number one is today, Sunday. So that's church day. You need to be excited. All right? But of course, Independence Day, that is a pivotal moment in our history that we get to celebrate. Amen? And those of you that don't know what Independence Day, it's what? It was when we celebrate adopting the Declaration of Independence. All right? Did y'all really not know that? (laughs) Okay, essentially that's when the 13 American colonies, Congress declared they would be a new nation. All right, understand. Got that. All right, good deal. So they were free. They They were no longer part of the British Empire. Right? So freedom. There's freedom again. Freedom. And you're going to hear a lot of that talk about freedom next week, and it, you should in the celebration. And, and when you look at freedom and, and you look at it in a lot of different ways, you know, we do, we have a, we are, we're a free nation. We're considered the free country in the world. You know, we're free to choose. We're free to go where we want. We're free to buy what we want. We're free to do, do what we want, essentially. Right? All right, And I thank God for the military that fights and sacrifices so that we can keep those freedoms. Amen. Glory to God. You know, I, I really believe that the military people and police people, I believe that's truly a calling. I really do. Because, I mean, they put their lives on the line so that we can live in a world that is not full of chaos and, and, and live in a, in a nation that we have the freedoms to choose and do as we want. Amen. Because I may tell you, I've traveled this world. I've been in a lot of nations. And I think one of the hardest nations I was ever in was Russia. And, you know, I'm not up here to criticize them, but their, their society and their environment was totally different. It's so hard and so mean. <laughs> but, so we should be happy and excited about what we got, okay? But if you think about freedom and the Western mindset of freedom... There's no true freedom in this world. Do you understand that? All right, well, let me go a little further. There really isn't. You see, in a sense that, and freedom in a sense that you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, and with whoever you want, and not have consequences. All right? We have to understand that. Our choices have consequences. Amen? You see, that's been Satan's lie ever since the beginning. All right, the fact that we can just live however we want, do whatever we want. And, and to agree, you can choose that. But watch, watch this now. And, and 
I love this. I talked about this last week. Not putting it all on Eve, but back in the beginning, what did Satan say? Yes, Eve, you can eat the forbidden fruit. You can do whatever you want because you'll be like God. Satan was lying to her right there. Amen. True freedom is something different. True freedom. And true freedom comes one way. One way. And true freedom comes through Christ. Amen. Through Christ. We praise His name. We, 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 we talk about uh, all in the, in the songs how, how important He is to us. But that's where true freedom comes from. Freedom from death. Freedom from destruction. Because see, when you choose Christ, you have eternal life. You have life in eternity. Amen. Paul says it this way. Look with me at Romans chapter 6, verse 20 through 22. Romans 6, 20 through 22, it says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin. There it is, free from sin. And have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. You see, when you accept salvation, when you accept Christ... You're free from sin, all right? You're broken free from it. The chains have been broken, all right? But you see, before salvation, you had no choice but to follow after your sinful nature. And how many of you realize human beings have a sinful nature? We do. We have a sinful nature. Myself, everybody in this room will always, until Jesus comes back, will always have to contend with the sinful nature of man. It's just, that's just, that's the way it is. And that's hard sometimes, depending on what the enemy is using to tempt you into sin. It can be very, very difficult. But listen, you've got to understand, it was Jesus' sacrifice that freed us from all that sin. It was the price that he paid on that cross. Amen. Look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Glory to God. In other words, Christ's death on that cross. Now listen to me now. Christ's death, the sacrifice, the pen- he paid the price for all of us. The blood was shed. You do understand that in order for a sacrifice to, to, to work, there has to be a shedding of blood. And he shed his blood to pay that price for the sin. Amen. But look at this. When he died on that cross, he freed you. He freed me to become whatever our creator, our father in heaven has created you to be. Amen. And essentially, he created you to be vessels of all of this. Love, patience, peace, kindness. Come on. That glory to God, that sacrifice gave you true freedom. True freedom. And did you know, if you look at 2 Corinthians 5.20, I don't think the guys have this, but it says you've been ordained as an ambassador for Christ. Man, that's an honor. That's a privilege. You know what? An ambassador is one who stands to represent. Glory to God. Scripture says you were called to do that. Amen. You need to get a hold of that. You need to get it in your heart and understand how valuable you are to the expansion of the kingdom of God. Amen? Because you play a pivotal part. Everybody in this room plays a pivotal part. Depending on what God has called you to do. And depending on the gifts and resources and talents that you have. 
You do understand that, that, that God doesn't call the pastor to change the world. He calls me to lead the church. It's a team effort. I, if he called me to do it, I only have a small realm of influence. I can only impact society so much. But see, he sends you. He sends me tools to fill my toolbox. And then we take the tools, which are your gifts and your talents, and you sow those into the kingdom of God. And you do them humbly. And then you see and you stand in faith and prayer and know that you'll see Results. See lives changed. Amen. Glory to God. That's exciting. That's exciting. Amen. Glory to God. We have that privilege of freedom. We have it. And it's simply because Christ redeemed us on that cross. And He lives in you. He lives in you. By redeeming us, He put us in right standing with our Heavenly Father. Right standing. Glory to God. How fabulous is that? Galatians. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God. How often do we actually sit down and consider how great his sacrifice was? I mean, really. How many times do we really think about that? How great of a sacrifice. I mean... I can go back and look at the horrible things that I've done in my life, you know. And, and I look back and I'm like, Father, I'm not worthy. Well, I'm here to tell you, nobody in here is worthy. It's not a back matter of whether you're worthy. It's a matter of His love for you. He loved you so much. No matter how goofy and how strange and how crazy you are, He loves you right that way. Understand, He created you that way, Okay. So you need to get comfortable with who you are. He created you that way. And he created you that way so you could impact the people around you. Because listen, there's there's people that will only hear about Christ because you are the way that you are. That's why I tell people, don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be somebody else. Well, he's he's having success this way. I think I'll do this. I'll try to do that. Listen, that's not going to work. Be who you are. Be who God called you to be. Be confident in who you are in Christ. Understand who you are in Christ. And go with it. And go with it to expand the kingdom of God. Amen. But how often do we consider the cost? The cost of what 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 Jesus did. And, and, and he... What it cost him to give us access to true freedom. Glory to God, that's fantastic. And you see, if you really understand this, and you you really sit and think about it, and you understand what happened at salvation, okay, and and you really get it, and it it should open your eyes, and it should give you the hope, you should be excited to present yourselves before to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Amen. Because you have. You have. When you accepted him as Christ. I mean you accept him as your Lord and Savior. <clears throat> when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And he comes into your life. You have the free gift of eternal life in heaven. With your glorious father. Amen. And I like this. Or, think about it like this, you should be excited to present yourself, thank you man, as instruments of righteousness. Everybody say, instruments of righteousness. 
Look with me at Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Chapter 6, verse 13. Y'all notice we got scriptures up there for you? <laughs> All right, Romans 6, 13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to evil, to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Praise God. That's fantastic. Listen, the freedom to be an instrument of righteousness, okay? That means that simply put, you don't know, you no longer allow sin to reign in your life. See, this is where so many people miss it in today's society. And it's because they, they accept Christ, but do they truly accept Christ? Because what they end up doing is they end up getting right on that fence and they're straddling that fence because they're so tempted into the sin of their old ways. They never fully give in completely to following Christ. And you can't do that. You've got to give in completely. Amen. And see, the freedom to be an instrument means you don't let that sin reign. And if you look at verse 12, I don't know if I gave him verse 12, but it says, Roman, it says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. So the freedom to be an instrument of righteousness means you don't give in to those desires of your sinful nature. And I'm going to tell you right now, those desires are going to come because that is one of the number one ways that Satan will tempt you. You see, we, have, you see, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. This is our earthly vessel while we're here. And when we walk this earth, we're trying to please this vessel. All right, We're trying to give it satisfaction. We're trying to give it whatever feels good. And this is why people are so tempted to fall into various kinds of sin. And the enemy knows this. So he conveniently puts it before you. Whether it be sexual, sexual sin whether it be drugs or alcohol. But the thing to understand and get a hold of is no matter what the sin is, the wages of sin are death and destruction. When you follow after that sin, the chains and the bondage comes on and it stays there, okay? It holds you down. You're only going to get to true freedom through Christ Jesus. Amen? Through following Christ. Glory to God. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Now, and you do that simply through the power of the Holy Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. And just choosing to live and please God. It's a choice. You make choices from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Amen. And I love, I wish Chelsea was here. I love it because Chelsea, she always says, make good choices. And that's fantastic. I told her, I said, you just don't know what a difference you make because that is so true. It's so true. Now, it's not always easy, is it? No, depending on the situations. I understand the struggles of making good choices. I'm a human being also, all right? But it's very, very important. Now, I'm going to read a long one for you. We're going to look at Romans 12, verses 9 through 16. And I'm actually going to get me one little sip of water here because this is very important here. Because when you accept Christ and you become a new creation, because that's essentially what happens, that's what Scripture says, you become a new creation, you have a new life, you have a clean slate, because he's, he's wiped everything away, all right? He's forgiven you for your sins. So right here it says, don't just pretend to love others, 
Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keeping on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Let me say that one again. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And listen to this one. Don't think you know it all. Listen, that that is one that is so disrupting our society today. And look, a lot of it, a lot of this, and I'm not not a complete anti-technology person, okay? uh, But people think that they can Google anything, and you can. They can Google anything, but they think that makes them just a, I'm now a professional. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not true. <laughs> Listen, you, do, you don't know it all. And you know why this sits home, hits so home so much with me? Because I went through a, a phase when I first knew Christ, or first got saved, and I was a know-it-all. I was. I was a pain. Nobody wanted to be around me because I knew it all. And I realized that about myself. You know, I talked about last week how important it is that, that we're able to look at ourselves and see what areas we need to adjust. But you've got to be willing to adjust them. And I'm going to tell you, it stinks. And it's hard. Because I did it. And it's hard. And I encourage you, do that. You should do that at least once a month. Because if your attitude and your personality is one of these, and I was one of them, to where nobody wanted to be around you, and, and, and you feel like you're just, oh, better than everybody else, and, 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 well, they just have to deal with me the way I am. That's wrong. That's not a godly Christian attitude. That's not right. Be willing to look at yourself, adjust where you need to adjust, and make that happen. And I think I've done pretty good, right? <laughs> this was before I knew her. So, amen. All right, so look, we read Romans 12. What we, what, Paul's has given us a checklist here, and I call this my new life freedom behaviors checklist, all right, uh, because this is a checklist of what we should see in every Christian's life after you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, all right, so you can, I'm going to run through these, and there's quite a few of them, and, and I want you just to, to look at yourself and make sure these areas are, in, are operating in your life. Amen? And make the adjustments. But be willing to make the adjustments. Okay? Now, number one, hate evil. Hate evil. That sounds easy, doesn't it? Well, what about TV? What about movies? What about newspapers, books, internet? Come on. Hate evil means that anything that glorifies evil... You have nothing to do with it. And that's very hard in today's society. You've got to understand that as be- the, since the beginning of time, Satan has been trying so hard to get everything to go his way. 
So for the progress of time, he's gaining a little more ground here, a little more ground here, a little more ground here. This is why you see uh, the, the, the movies have come, become and gotten so much more harsh today than they were many, many years ago. All right, and that's because Satan gets in there and he convinces these producers to produce even the the kids' movies now. They're putting them out with uh, crazy language in them. It's a lot of the rated R movies are just borderline pornographic. Amen. Now, now, listen. I'm not an don't go to the movies person. I know it's hard to balance this, but it's a hard issue. You have to have a heart for the things of God, and you have to hate anything that has to do with the devil. Amen. And you let it go. You get it out of there. You get it out of there. I'm not, and I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Sometimes you want to take your family to a movie. And there may be one out of 12 that you can go see. And that's sad. That's sad. Amen. All right. Number two. Cling to good. Cling to good. All right. This is the importance of your church family here. Hang out with the people who encourage you to do good. All right. Who's... Who, who's Who's in your core group? All right, now listen, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you just cut, cut off from society. Remember, now you're called to be a light. You're called to impact the society for the expansion of the kingdom of God. But you need to have a core of a group of people that are around you, that can encourage you, that can say, hey, bud, you're messing up here. You need to go in this direction. You need to have that. And you need to be intentionally hang out with those people. Amen. And it's really funny. We have a business up on Lake Martin, and we deal with primarily a lot of millionaires, I guess you would say. And it's funny. And I had one gentleman tell me, you know, we were, he was sharing his story about how he, he made it through business and all this. And he didn't have a whole lot of friends. And I'm like, well, who do you hang out with? And he looked and he said, well, I hang out with millionaires. <laughs> But you see, that's how he got to where he was. Who are you hanging out with, okay? Cling to good people, only people that are going to encourage you. Now, number three, be devoted to fellow Christians. Now, do this with a compassionate, sincere heart. All right? Too often today, we are, we show love for people. Let me put it this way. We show love for people to see what we can get in return. Come on. And you know, that sounds harsh, but don't do that. Have a sincere heart and a compassionate heart for the things of God. And and let me just say it like this. Regardless of their social status, regardless of their color, regardless of what country they come from, or let me tell you this, regardless of whether they know Jesus Christ yet, Because, see, we need to impact them. Amen. All right. Number four. This one's tough, guys. Honor others. And I mean really honor others. Even if it means they get credit for what you did. Ooh. And it happens. You see, you have to have a heart for God so much that you work your job. And if your job is cleaning trash cans... You clean those trash cans the best that you can and you do it as unto the Lord and you get your security not from pats on the back from those that are around you, but you get your security on from God and who you are in Christ. Glory to God. 
Don't go for the, for the pats on the back from your buddies. All right? It's okay. You'll get the prize one day. All right? Number five, resist discouragement. Simply put, stay away from anything that prevents you from serving God and serving others. Very important. A heart of servant is so vital to the Christian life. So vital. You got to have it. You got to have it. Amen? Number six, remain hopeful. Now, this is faith right here. You got to be confident and you got to have faith in God. And it's got to be so sure. You got to be so sure about it. You got to know that you know that you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going to face, or no matter what happens, you have faith and confidence in God, in His promises, in His Word. Amen. You got to have it. You got to have it. All right? Number seven. I kind of threw this one in there, I thought it was kind of cute. Put aside complaining. Now listen, y'all don't let the air out of my tires after today. Right? <laughs> I, I did add, I, I, I did put some pretty good ones in here. But listen, nobody likes a whiner. Nobody likes a whiner. Come on. Listen, when you're whining and not rejoicing in your confidence in God, and you, did you know that it's human nature for people to whine? And see, if you know this, and you can sense it coming, because I don't care if you're Christian or not, it happens. It comes, and you're like, mm, you got to make a choice. Am I going to go in this direction, or am I going to speak positively? Come on. So you know it happens, and you know it's coming. So listen, if you really sit and think about it, you control your own destiny. You control everything you do, and it all starts with your choices. Amen? Now, number eight, and you're going to love this one. Y'all have never heard anything about this one, and that is... Pray about everything. I, I slid that one in on you, didn't I? Every week I talk about what? You need to be having your prayer time with your Heavenly Father. Okay? You got to have it. You know, I'm not going to harp on it. But I will remind you. You need to be communing with your Heavenly Father. Alright? It's vitally important. Two main keys to your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And, and walking out the will of God for your life is your prayer life. And spending time in the Word of God. And let, let me just say that spending time in the Word of God. I'm not going to go on a, off on a tangent on that one. If anybody in here doesn't have a Bible or needs a Bible, or maybe you want one right at this moment, there's about 10 of them on that table right there. Take it home with you today. Take one home with you. All right? And listen, I know you're sitting there, well, Pastor, what do I need a Bible for? I've got one on my phone. I understand that. I understand that. But let me tell you this, and this is something I've learned. I'm, like, I'm telling you, I'm... I've, I've got all kind of technology. I'm not totally against technology. But when you have the app on your phone, you are so susceptible to distractions. Because I promise you, myself included, when you're reading and you get that ding, ding, ding. Oh, let me see what that is. Oh, I'll get back over there a minute ago. You're distracted. You're distracted. Remember, Satan... <laughs> well, I won't go in there. Don't be distracted. Take a paper Bible home and read it. <laughs> Number nine, share your gifts, okay? Share them. You have gifts, you have talents, you have resources. You know, that's how we operate. That's how the kingdom of God operates, all right? But you need to be willing to humbly share those. You don't hoard them up just so you can benefit yourself. Amen? God gifted you the way you are 
to be a vessel to impact the kingdom of God. Amen? So if you're really smart, maybe you're called to be a teacher. If you're really handy, maybe you're called to build the church. Come on. Everybody has a place. I don't care if you're parking cars, if you're in the children's, if you're ushering, if you're vacuuming carpet, if you're washing the toilets, cleaning the dishes, up here speaking. It takes every bit of it. And they're all, every position in the church is as important as the other. This one included. See, I've told you since we started this church, it's not the Allen ship. It's not the Pastor Allen ship. You know, it's not about how, I can, how, much, how, how much more glory that I can get on myself or how many more people I can get looking on me. No, it's about advancing the kingdom of God for my love for people and my love to do and walk out the will of God for my life. Amen. And you should have that passion too. So, share your skills and resources with others. And listen, consider it a privilege. Consider it, consider it an honor to serve others with your gifts. Now, number 10, and I think everybody does this one. Invite people into your house. All right? Simply put, honor them. Treat them as honored guests and serve them. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this, because we overlook serving your guests, in the, especially in the South, because we have the big Southern hospitality thing. What does that mean? That means you just sit on the couch. You let them walk in. Hey, just make yourself at home. Get what you want. You know, go in there, find it. It's somewhere in there. Just get what you want. You know, and we do, I do the same thing. But listen, you should bring them in. Treat them as honored guests and serve them. Now listen, that doesn't mean Wednesday when everybody shows at my house. I can't serve all hundred of you. And I'm like, you know what, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> Amen. Now, number 11. I told you there was a lot. I kept writing. All right, <laughs> celebrate with those who celebrate, okay? You know, human nature, there we go, talking about that nature again, is to be jealous instantly when people receive blessings, you know? And you have to, you have to not give in to that because a lot of it is you envy the fact that they were blessed. It could be somebody receiving, I don't know, a million dollars from an uncle they never met, all right? And naturally speaking, most people go, well, I don't know why they got that. What are they going to do with it? They're going to swander it all away. They, I could have done better with that, you know. But listen, resist that. You need to celebrate with them. You need to, especially if it's a friend, and we're harder on our friends most part than we are in, with, with people just out in, in, in society. But you should embrace them. You should shake their hand. If it's your friend, you should hug their neck. You should smile and you should tell them, praise God, I'm glad God opened this door for you. I can't wait to see how you're going to impact the kingdom of God with it. And, you know, smile a whole lot. Maybe they'll write you a check. I don't know. <laughs> but celebrate with them. Amen. Celebrate. It's very important. Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous and don't envy. All right, number 12. Grieve with those who grieve. Now, I see this a lot in, in, in a lot of Christian people feel like, especially if they're the only Christian in the family and, and a family member goes to the hospital. Well, that Christian feels obligated to go in the hospital and preach a two-hour sermon to the person laying in the bed. Don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, grieve with them means just be there for them. Just be a family member. Just be, just be a friend. Don't go in there with putting pressure on yourself to feel like you've got to say something. Be led by the Spirit. Have a, have a calm attitude. All right? And just go in there 
and be positive. All right, you don't go in there and start, start talking all negative on them. But you be positive and you just be a friend. Or you be a family member and you sit there. Because listen, that's all they want. That's all they need. Now, if the door opens, and I'm not saying don't ever go in there and pray for them. That's not what I'm saying at all. But be led. Don't go in there with your Bible and boom, you're going, you know, and don't do that. Don't do that. When the opportunity presents itself, take advantage of the opportunity. Answer the questions as they ask them and simply pray for them as you leave. Very much so. Grieve with them when they grieve. Number 13, live in harmony with others. All right? Simply put, realize that it's more gracious, more important to be gracious than to be right. And I see this mostly in men. All right? Don't let the air out of my tires, but it's very true. Men have to be right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, i got to show my masculinity because I'm right, you know. And all the women said, amen. But... (laughs) Amen. All right, number 14. Last one, I promise. Practice humility. All right? And we just read this. Eliminate the I told you so attitude. All right? Have a heart, a humble heart. We all need corrections in our lives at different times for different things. Be willing to look at yourself and admit that about yourself. And be willing to make the adjustments that you need to make. It's that simple. It's that simple. Humble, having a humble heart. Amen. All right, so now, these are the types of behaviors that we should be seeing in all Christians. All right, you got that. All right? If these things are not in your life, start doing some adjustments. All right? You see, Satan has an illusion, and it's been there since the beginning of time. And the illusion is that we should just serve ourselves. And he's deceived so many people into believing that, that that's, that's all they know. That's all they know. But you know what? That's just something Satan fabricated. We need to be humble and willing and ready to serve others. And look, you can choose to serve sin and lock yourself into the, 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 the destruction that comes with it. Remember we talked about the, 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 the bondage and the chains that come from chasing after sin? Or you can choose to serve righteousness. It's a choice to follow Jesus. To be more like Him. You see, it's the freedom that Christ gives us. It's that freedom that shattered those chains. Once you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. And you know, that freedom also leads to a joy. And I love this. Jamin was sharing the other day about a gentleman that he got to share a little bit with about God. And and, and, and it all started with the guy was asking him why he always had a smile on his face. You know? That freedom leads to this kind of joy. And it's a contagious joy. A contagious joy. And I love it. And it's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew five sixteen. It says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I need you shining, folks. I need you shining. Now, Paul ends Romans 6 with a reminder to everybody. All right, and it's not that, and that is, it's this. There's not only is there two masters, but there's two destinies. In verse twenty-three, it says, "The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus." Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let him deceive you, because he will. He'll do all he can. 
And I ask people all the time when I'm when I'm when they're going through issues or struggles, I'm like, it's kind of black and white. Why would you chase after sin for that little bit of satisfaction, even though it comes with the baggage that comes with it, the bondage that comes with it, which eventually leads to the death that comes with it. But people do. And it's because they've been deceived. Amen. It's a choice. Choose to follow Jesus. Keeping your eyes on him. And understand it. Jesus is the only true source for true freedom. You see, God had a plan. He had a plan. He created all of us, my, me, everybody in here. He created us as a personal being. Did you know that? He did. Because he created us to commune with him, to fellowship with him, to worship with him. Amen? And if you look at Genesis 127, he created us in his image. Man, that's, a, man, that's an honor. I mean, this is the, this, the God that created the heavens and the earth. And the really cool thing is, and I've got my notes on the side, he created us with the ability to relate with him on an intelligent level. How cool is that? That's so true. So true. But you see, he didn't want a bunch of robots here. He gave us the freedom to choose whether we're going to obey him, whether we're going to love him. You see, you have that freedom. You can choose to accept or reject anybody around you. It's your choice. Well, God gave us that choice to choose either him or not to serve him. And you ever wonder why he did that? He did that because he wanted a love. He he wanted us, human beings, to love him more than anything in this world. That's why he did that. But you see, right away there was a problem, wasn't there? There was. But since we had free will to choose, what happened? Disobedience came into the picture. Adam and Eve, the original sin, disobeyed God. All right? Ate the forbidden fruit. What happened? There was a, they were separated from God. So there's a separation there. Now you have mankind here, and you have God here, and you have a big void here. We're separated. All right? We're separated. And you ought to understand, human nature, we are all sinners. All right? We're all sinners. And people have tried to fill that void. They've been trying to fill that void. I'm talking about people that haven't accepted Christ. They try to fill that void with good works, with love. They just try to, to, to fill it with anything they can fill it. Everything from work, Various religions, come on, they're trying to fill that void that can't be filled but one way. And there was only one remedy for that separation. One remedy. And that was the cross. That was the cross. See, God and man were separated because of the sin. All right? So God realized we've got to take care of this. So that was the cross. And there, Jesus Christ, His Son, was the only answer. Because see, remember, there had to be a shedding of blood. There had to be a sacrifice to pay the price for the penalty of the sins. So essentially, his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead bridged the gap. All right? 
bridged the gap. He paid the price and the penalty for the sins and bridged that gap. He put us back in right standing with our Heavenly Father. How cool is that? That's fabulous. Fabulous. You see, I got right over on the side. His death and resurrection made new life possible. New life. You got a clean slate. A new start if you just simply believe in Him. 1 Timothy 2, 5, 2, 5, 6 says, There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. Jesus Christ, He gave His life to purchase freedom for everyone. Scripture tells us right there. Jesus was the one to reconcile sinners with with God. And see, when He died on that cross, He made it possible for all sinners to be reconciled. I mean, that, that's fabulous. You know, John fourteen six says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to me, the Father, except through me. And that's it. God provided the way. He provided Jesus. Simply put, he provided the way. But you've got to be willing to accept him. You've got to come to a place to admit that you're a sinner. You've sinned. You've got to come to a place to admit where you can't do this all on your own. All right, And you've got to come to a place to, to where you, you admit that you need a Lord and Savior to save you. And you've got to be This is where people miss it now. You've got to be willing to get to a place where you have true repentance in your life. Amen. Repent means to do a U-turn, Jack. You go that way from the sin. You see, people that are, I talked about, on the fence, still kind of dabbling in that temptation, they haven't truly repented. They don't understand that. They haven't truly repented. But change direction and turn to Christ. Because he's the door. He's a door to heaven. He's a door to God. John 10, 9, Jesus says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And see, by faith, this is cool, by faith, you trust and you believe that. And, And when you accept him as your Lord and Savior... This is really cool. That's when eternal life becomes a present possession in your life. All right? That's when you got it. It's yours. You got it. A life in eternity. You simply put, God had a plan, which was life itself and peace and harmony. But there was a problem. We were separated by sin. And he had a remedy. That was the cross. Sending his only son to shed his blood for all of us. And what do we have to do? Simply put, just accept him. Just accept him. Just accept him. Amen. Glory to God. Let's bow our head. Father, we just thank you for this day. And we, Father, thank you so much for, for your leading, Lord. I thank you for every person that has come into this service. Every person you led into this church, Lord, I thank that you. I thank you that they will come and they will get what they came. They came to hear your voice and they came to hear your words. And Father, we we just pray that they they received what it was they came for. And Father, I pray blessings over everybody's life. But before we leave, I want to just really quick open the floor up to anybody in this building. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to open the floor up. If you've never accepted Christ, I mean really accepted Christ, folks, I'm going to 
going to ask you just to simply lift one hand to heaven. One hand to heaven. True freedom. True freedom. Break those chains of sin. Those chains of bondage on your life. Well, let me put it let me let me put it another way. Maybe you're in here and and you've been you're on the fence. You know, you're struggling with something in your life and you're on that fence. So you've slid back a little bit. Hey, that's okay. He still loves you. We're not perfect. Nobody in here can claim to be perfect. And if that's you, I don't want to pass up an opportunity to pray with you. If that's you, just lift one hand up to heaven. Glory be to God. Praise you, praise you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. It looks like we're all family. Father, thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. And Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for leading us at Compass Church to walk out the perfect will that you have for us, Lord. And Father, I just pray that we grow to be the tool that you need to impact the community that we're in. And Father, I pray now for the families that you're going to send to us. I pray for those families. And Father, I pray that you teach us and show us how to be prepared to welcome those families. Because Father, we see the times we're in. We see that a time's coming. A time's coming where we're going to be closer to being with you, Father. And we want to do all that we can while we're here. We want to be willing vessels. And Father, we pray that you'll use us in every way. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. If you believe with that, say amen, amen. Glory to God. All right. I I hope you got something.